Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good evening and welcome to the Shaw Theatre and to Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the live event. Please welcome to the stage your wonderful host, G. Fletcher. And welcome to Happy Mum, Happy Baby, live! Uh, we are in association with Fabulous Magazine and, and Vitabiotics. Learn how to say that today. Um, we are at the Shaw Theatre in London. Now, I'm saying that because some of you might be a little bit like me, wandering into rooms and not really knowing why you're there. My memory is so bad right now. Honestly, I went to a baby group the other day, and, uh, and as you go around in a circle, you say, you sing your name and the baby's name. I said, Giovanna and Max! No idea, completely forgot my child's name. Um, anyway, and I just want you all to say, like, just to say, don't worry, don't panic about anything. Front row, it's all my friends and family, but don't worry, because I have expressed. And I say that because it's not a wet and wild experience. I'm not going to be doing a shamu. It's fine, don't worry. Okay, so tonight, I can't wait for tonight, and I've got to say, I feel like I really need it at the moment. Um, three months in, with a third child, I feel like I little, need a little bit of love from some other women. Um, so let's welcome to the stage today's podcast guest, live... <laughs> <laughs> 
live, it's Katie Piper. I've read your book from mother to daughter and I absolutely loved it. You've got such a close bond with your mum. Yeah. Has it always been that way? No, me and my mum, we've had an interesting relationship. It could be described as somewhat of a roller coaster um, because I'm one of three and my brother was really quiet, um, academic, never even tried alcohol at uni. And then there was me. <laughs> um, and I was a bit of a wild child. So actually, it was quite testing when I was a teenager. And then I think different things that happened to us within our family brought us closer together. And then, you know, becoming a mother, you just kind of turn around and you're like, sorry about that. <laughs> I now understand everything. Um, and it's a whole new, it's a friendship now. Mm. And it's great. And I suppose it is, it is my best friend and the one person I can really trust. And it's, it's really equal because we look after one another now. Yeah. I think that's that thing, isn't it, when you're both adults as well. You do take things... Everything's very different. Yeah, and you start to really understand the past and why your mum did what she does and a newfound respect of all the promises you said you wouldn't do if you became a mum. You know, I, I'm kind of doing that times ten. You know, I've got two girls, so I really understand now what it's like to bring up a daughter. Yeah. What sort of mum did you think you were going to be? Um... Well, I, I still think I am. I thought I'd be, like, really cool and, like, I'd be their friend. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, my daughter's four and a half, and I do try um, to sort of be... I, I think it's a boundary, isn't it? Because yeah. you can't be their friend because you are their mother. Um, and it's still early days to say mm. what sort of mum I am. Um, for my, my daughter, I stopped being cool when I got eliminated on week four of Strictly. She was really disappointed. Because <laughs> she, she, she would record it and watch it on Sundays, and then we'd make up routines. So when the Sunday came, when I'd been eliminated, she was like, oh, you know, great, let's make up a routine. And I said, well, I'm not actually going to be in it anymore. And she was like, why not? And I said, well, you know, it's just like sports day at school where it's a competition and people have to leave the competition she's like are you not good enough then <laughs> like, no Craig Revel Horwood <laughs> when you did get eliminated was one of your first thoughts Belle how are you gonna take it yeah and she is a really big she does dancing as a hobby and she's a big dancing fan but then I suppose it did open up um conversation mm. about actually you know that's not the only joy in taking part in a competitive environment and we can still enjoy it we can still watch it and we are still watching it together and and talking about it and stuff and she keeps asking me how can she get in strictly and I'm like <laughs> well you know four and a half's a bit young <laughs> oh Buzz keeps saying about going on the voice at the moment oh really yeah but yeah. he doesn't want us to go with him oh he, no no he wants us to take him there and then go watch him on the telly oh yeah <laughs> does he understand about the concept of being on the telly or I don't know. I just think he thinks that that's what people do. Yeah. Like okay. he, he said to me the other day, can we watch Isabel? Isabel's his friend. Can we watch Isabel on the telly? Isabel's not on the telly. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's just his normal. He just thinks people he knows are on the telly. Yeah. That, that's exactly the same as Belle. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, doing Strictly, uh, as, as a mum, because we've been talking about, you know, a body image and maternal like mental health do you feel like strictly in some way gave you an extra dose of confidence no. No! <laughs> um, well, it was a positive experience, but I um, experienced like, that kind of imposter syndrome because the pros, you know, they're like the best of the best. You're, you're working with people that, from their home country, they're the reigning champion. Um, and then they've got to be with someone like me. You've got like two ends of the... <laughs> Can you imagine what it's like to tutor somebody? I always that, thought like... you were a dancer, though, when you were younger. No. 
nothing. I've, you know, I've never been to stage school. Yeah. I've never danced in my life. Um, I have no, you know, even at a wedding after gins, I like you know, <laughs> sway, and that's kind of like me being out there. Um, so no, like musicality or rhythm. So you kind of think, wow, I'm working with someone who's actually uh, been dancing since they were a toddler, um, all their childhood, all their adult life. I feel totally out of my depth, total imposter syndrome. But I suppose the competition isn't about that. It's mm. about your own level. Yeah. And I did feel like in the sh you know the short time I was there, I did make progress mm -hmm. and, and enjoyed it, which I guess actually is the kind of spine of the show is that they want people to let go yeah. and, and enjoy themselves. Mm. So, but I do enjoy it more watching it on the sofa in my dressing gown. Do you? <laughs> do you have to go bit. back at the end at all? Yeah, so I went back the other week and we did the Christmas special and then we all go back for rehearsals for the finals. So we do like a big group dance. So, and it is exciting, like, because it, it's, it's a world that's nothing like my regular world. Yeah. So it is exciting in that way, yeah. Oh. Uh, so going back to motherhood, did you always know that you wanted to be a mum? Did you always know that you wanted a family? Um, in the very sort of early years of my life, yes, because I just came from like a classic kind of childhood, you know, middle class, living in a village. My mum and dad, you know, they, they never split up. They stayed together and it was quite a stable upbringing. Mm. And I just thought that's what people do. You know, they have a boy and a girl, a dog and a cat, a little white fence. Um, and that was kind of what I aimed for. And then obviously um, when I was burnt, um, it kind of changed my view of the world mm -hmm. and what happens to women. And I felt very strongly that I didn't want to have children at a certain point because I didn't really know what I could promise them about the world and what um, if I could protect them and what their experiences would be like. Mm. And then I had to take rejection drugs when I had organ donation. And, you know, the side effect is infertility. Right. And for me at the time, I didn't feel like that was a big issue because I wasn't sure I was going to ever have an adult relationship again anyway. Um, and then when I decided I did want an adult relationship, it was hard to find someone that wanted one with me. <laughs> um, so it was never really like on, you know, for a lot of people in their 20s, that might be quite a big focus. Mm -hmm. But for me, I was having lots of operations and had a different focus. So I don't know if I became a mum late in some people's eyes. Like where I'm from, because it's a smaller village, I, I did become a mum late. But I suppose perhaps not in London. Was there, a, was there a, a thing of like your friends going down that route and you not being a part of that? Yeah. Yes and no, not so much motherhood, because I remember things like people were moving in with their boyfriends mm -hmm. and getting mortgages, that kind of thing. And I'd gone back home with my yeah. parents and I was concentrating on speech therapy and physiotherapy, that kind of stuff. So in a way, the worlds became so far apart, there actually wasn't this comparison mm -hmm. because it was there was too much of a gap between yeah. that. And then you met Richie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I told him I couldn't have children. Yeah, I was really, oh, really? yeah, I was really honest. And I said, you know, I've been on these drugs and I had to take the drugs for two years. Um, and I hadn't had periods for quite a few years. So I just kind of thought, well, in a weird way, I thought well, I'm just really lucky to have the remaining health that I have mm -hmm. and to be here. So um, I was kind of happy with that at the time. And you thought about adopting as well? Yeah, we actually talked about that as a couple. Um, and Richie's like such a laid back guy, you know, I, I, like I thought I had worked it up as a big announcement because I was like, like, he won't want to be with me if he knows that about me. So, you know, silly kind of 
making up his mind for him without talking to him about it. And I remember when I did, it was in Nando's of all places. Of course it was. Yeah, <laughs> classy. Um, <laughs> over a butterfly chicken, uh, we were talking about it. And I told him and he was like, oh, right, yeah, okay. And I was like, so you, do you want to think about that? Do you want to do you like come back to me about that? And he was like, oh, well, no, if that, that's your situation, then that's your situation. And then that was it, really. And then we talked about other ways if we changed our minds. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were like 27 when we met. So, you know, that's young, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Tell me that's young. That, that is, young. is young. Yeah, that is young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and then, so were you trying when you actually fell pregnant? Sort of, but not trying in a way where I was tracking with apps because I just didn't really think it would happen. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't using contraception because I didn't think it would happen. Yeah. So then when it did, I was quite baffled. And, <laughs> you know, and um, I'd been on a trip. I'd been to Tanzania on a charity trip. We went to a burns unit. And um, we'd been staying in like, it's kind of like a squat. We were, you know, it was bad. You know, cockroaches in the bed, that kind of thing. Oh. Using a bucket, drinking Tanzanian beer, smoking cigarettes, <laughs> and I was feeling ill out there. And I put it down to, you know, the conditions that we were staying in. And uh, when I came back, I just, just got feeling worse and worse, really tired. And I thought, wow, you know, I Googled it and it was mm. like, you're pregnant. And I was like, no, well, I'll, I'll just do a test anyway. And then I did it um, in the downstairs loo at home. And yeah, we were both really shocked. I think it took a while to, to sink in. And I was just like, oh my God, I was smoking like Marlboro Red. Like, not, <laughs> not even, even Marlboro Lights. Lights. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, wow, okay. Um, yeah. But do you think part of that is because you weren't stressing about it? Yeah, I mean, I was so not in the space yeah. to even thinking, you know, I wasn't like doing special like nutrition or, or anything really. And then even then, I suppose, because the last 10 years have been programmed to expect, um, you know, medical circumstances, the good news and the bad news. And I kind of got, got used to that. So mm. I thought, well, OK, just because I'm pregnant now doesn't mean that I will, you know, go full term. And let's just kind of treat it as something that might not be permanent, yeah. which sounds a bit of a depressing way to look at it. But that sort of became my coping mechanism mm. with with tougher subjects. And, and I've been listening to the audiobook, and I found it really interesting when you said, I went to the, see the doctor, and you just felt normal. Yeah. For the first time, it was just a normal thing to be happening to you. It's really weird, because I, like I said, I'm used to going to quite heavy appointments. Yeah. And then it was just like, you know, a bit of jelly, a scan, and I was like, anything, anything else to say? Anything else? They're like, no, you're having a baby. I was like, nothing else? They're like, no. <laughs> when should I come back? They were like, ages. I was like, oh, okay. Right, great, bye. <laughs> and how did you find your pregnancy? It wasn't too bad. I mean, it was like just, you know, the normal sort of being sick and yeah. eating pan au chocolat all day. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was enjoyable. It was a medical journey with joy. And, you know, that was, that was quite special. I felt really privileged to, to be in that situation. That's lovely. Yeah. And uh, and then on to the actual meeting bell. You opted for a C-section because of under medical grounds. Yeah, so we had the C-section not too early, only about two or three weeks early. Um, easiest surgery I've ever had in my life. <laughs> it, yeah. must be so, it must have been yeah. so strange for you going into that operating like theatre and just thinking this is a routine thing that happens every single day. Yeah. There's, you know... I wore a false lash. It was like, <laughs> you know, I walked in, you know, sat on the table, had a 
the block thing, laid down, and it was all done. And then they were like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then I went home. They made me stay the night. Mm -hmm. I had the baby like really early in the morning. Then I just checked out in the morning and went home because I've had abdomen surgery like several times. I've right. had um, where I was unable to eat. I had to have the feeding tube like, like an anorexic would yeah. have when they get admitted. I had that through my abdomen muscle wall. So that was, you know, as restricting as a C-section. I've had rib cartilage removed on the upper side of my ribs. So that was far worse because I had to go home with drains, mm. you know. So with the C-section, it wasn't wasn't too bad. So yeah. So yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, I'm like really smug and annoying now. Like yeah. But, and then the second time they go in the same scar, don't oh, they? Oh, do they? Yeah. So it just made the scar a bit sort of deeper. But right. yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And <laughs> cool. uh, what about going home? Oh no, meeting Belle first. Yeah, meeting okay. your daughter. Like, how was that? Because you you say in the book as well that you always wanted a girl. Yeah, I did, but also I was a bit like, oh, a girl. Oh my gosh, you know that. Well, because that thing of you you saying about you and your mum having that, you know, yeah, that and relationship. It's that's a different world for a girl now. Yeah. From when I, you mm -hmm. know, I was brought up in the eighties, that's completely different. So there were um, some like doubts, and you know, I think childbirth anybody is overwhelming mm. and that sense of responsibility like on the first child with Belle I found it really weird that like, all these healthcare professionals they help you then they give you the child and then you're fine to go and you're like oh god is no one gonna check like are you sure and and it's like totally legal you know it's really weird isn't it you do you stand there with the car seat and you're a bit like what out the door yeah like just when we got our puppy the breeder was on us on whatsapp <laughs> you know and we had to send like update and, like with this it was nothing and we were trusted and, and and it was worrying and you know and and i like not with the second one but with my first child i, I over consumed like books audio mm -hmm. blogs and I actually think that was a not a good thing to do so I over worried all the time and um, when she was born I was like oh, I should be really overjoyed really elated and I was don't get me wrong but I'm not necessarily a really gushy person mm -hmm. so I was kind of like thinking should I conform to how that book and that blog said and actually yeah. slightly probably overthinking that and you know what that because I think I guess you're talking about the bond really as well yeah and that's something that's come up time and time again on the podcast is yeah. that feeling of I should be feeling like this rush of love and everything but actually this moment is actually really overwhelming yeah it's and it shocking. might take you a few days for that to grow or weeks yeah and I also found it hard like um I felt thrilled to see her healthy and to see her but I thought okay this is still a medical environment I need to just wait and see what everyone says and everything's okay and I've that that's how I've coped being hesitant and reserved in in those kind of situations mm. and you know they handed her to me for the skin on skin and I was like oh my god it's like this alien covered in discharge <laughs> and I was like better smile <laughs> like, you know, and it's just like and they put this little groovy hat on her and then you know and it was all happening and it's just yeah it, I think when you look back it is a bit surreal mm. and it's a bit like a kind of film that you were in yeah but you don't really I mean we got great pictures the hospital had like our little digital camera and Aww. they they took all these pictures and I look back and think I don't remember that oh my gosh and and that's really nice to have have those memories mm. So you took Belle home. Mm. What did you do? What did you do when you took her home? We were the classic, like, just <laughs> stared at her, you know? Just, like, stayed at home, stared at her, like, sat in the front room till, like, 3 a.m. staring at her, you know, never <laughs> took her upstairs, um, ate biscuits, had no meals, and just ate. <laughs> it was just very unstructured. And you know? I remember I mentioned earlier 
because uh, you said something in the book that I absolutely loved, and that is the fact that when Belle was younger, you would literally watch things like Mary Poppins. Oh, God. All the fat, like, I cringe at this now. Yeah. <laughs> but I did the same. Oh, I did the I, same. And, like, at Christmas, when she was, like, you know, a couple of months old, we'd take her to, like, a grotto, and she <laughs> couldn't even put her neck up. <laughs> it's just, like, <laughs> so bad. You know, but like, I remember everyone, like, I remember thinking, like, I know that they won't remember it. I know that. <laughs> but I'll remember it, and I'll have those memories. But the poor second child. We haven't even framed a picture of her yet. She's nearly a year old. She, she doesn't even factually exist in the family. We're like, it's like her first birthday in a couple of like in December. And my husband was like, "We're going to do anything?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> she, she won't know." He's like, "Babe, I think we should do something." I'm like, "What well, is no. that thing about presents as well for the second child?" Yeah, I've already birthday. sent the WhatsApp to everyone. Don't buy anything. <laughs> She's got everything. Belle's used it before, yeah. but it's fine. <laughs> She's wearing like embroidered baby grows a bell written on. <laughs> So bad, <laughs> awful. <laughs> How did you find those early, like early weeks and months of becoming a mum? It was amazing, um, but it was a blur because in the beginning I was breastfeeding, mm -hmm. and you know, so just as and when on demand, um, and it was completely different because obviously I'd been working a lot, you know, before being a mum. So obviously, like the role was changing. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of scary because my husband, he was self-employed, a carpenter, and he um, had, you know, clients that he was working for that he had to go... He took two weeks off to help me, but he had to go kind of straight back to work. Two yeah. weeks doesn't really, no. you know, feel like a lot. And we don't live near my family, we live near his family, which is always like, oh, God, they're my in-laws, and I can't have his dad round when I'm flopping my boob out, and, you know, <laughs> what do I do? And there's only so long I can sit in the downstairs loo. And <laughs> yeah, so it, it was a bit... You know, and obviously, second child's different because yeah. you're a lot more adjusted and confident but yeah what well, it was positive memories but it was sort of muddling through but mm. then in hindsight now I realized well, there's nothing wrong with muddling through that's fine whatever you it know. takes yeah yeah and I did do stupid things like read her books when she was like three <laughs> months old and I just think what was like actually Enid Blyton like seriously <laughs> like you know and you know second child I was just watching Jeremy Carl <laughs> just like obviously not putting that on Instagram but yeah <laughs> Penelope's watching yes. this now. It's fine. DNA test. <laughs> what do you think, Penelope? Is he the dad? <laughs> but uh, what, uh, what about... Because um, uh, it is such a massive change. And actually, what you've just said about that gear change, and I'm actually experiencing it now as well, although I feel like I'm kind of accepting it now and I'm relaxed into it, is that thing of when you're working constantly mm. and you're, you've got such ownership over your life and then all of a sudden there's this massive gear change and your role is simply to look after that baby yeah and it's a big role it's a massive role yeah but, but it's, it's such a gear change yeah it is a, a change in identity and um it's amazing isn't it because it's so important mm -hmm. and you're steering that ship and you're keeping it all afloat which is why i, I think that overwhelming feeling comes and even now that like you know the eldest is nearly five it's sort of like you look back and think gosh I've completely changed like if you think you lose yourself when you have your first baby it's actually as they get older and older you know you really do change and mm. you, just priorities change and you know what well, we even talk to each other like like we're talking to the kids when we're alone and it's so bad and it's like <laughs> come on let's swear they're in bed and it's like <laughs> you know like you know, I stub my toe and I'm like oh crumbs and I'm like oh my God. it's like 11 p.m. Like, 
like, come on, say shit. Like, but it's just like that person's gone. You know, I don't know where she's gone. But yeah. Do you find yourself wondering, like, I know you were saying earlier about you and Rich, like, that spontaneity is gone. <laughs> That's gone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it has. And I think, but I don't know, like, when I talk to uh, friends that have got slightly older children that are, like, primary school age, they do say stuff comes back. Mm. You know, kids lay in till 9 a.m. sometimes on a Saturday. Um, you know, dream. yeah, they want to go to after school clubs alone, <laughs> and you know, so I do, but, but then I don't want to say I'm looking forward to that because now I love the baby stage mm -hmm. with pee and I know how quickly that goes and yeah. the smell and you know, the baths with them and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, and already, like, you know, Belle's questioning, you know, how much how cool are we and does she want to be seen with us and that kind of stuff. So, I don't want to wish it away. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's early, isn't it? Four and a half for them to kind of yeah. question credibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I already know that I'm not the cool one. Yeah. I, I already know. Like, Tom went into... Uh, so, you know, they ask parents in uh, to, like, do the reading, like, be, like, the mystery reader. And Tom went in and did it the other day, and all the mums now love him, but also have a little bit of hate. Oh, Because really? now everyone has realised now that we are all the uncool ones. Right, OK. Because Tom's gone in and handed around fossilised poo. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, were, those, were there times in the early days where you felt lonely? Because I, I do feel like loneliness, we don't really talk about it as mums, but you're with a baby and that communication, like that adult interaction isn't as there like it used to be. Yeah, I do think because the conversations I had when I wasn't a parent were completely different to mm. the conversations I'd be having now. And then fear of the old friends that hadn't quite gone into that stage of becoming a parent yet. What will I contribute to that conversation? Mm. Because our worlds are so far apart. And then kind of struggling with other things, sort of mental health problems that weren't related to being a mum in the past and, and aspects of that coming back, I think kind of contributed to that that isolation. And then also there's that whole thing of like, well, I shouldn't be feeling isolated or low because some people can't have children and yeah. some people would, you know, give anything to be in this situation. So it's a bit of but a battle. But it's hard to sort of <coughs> act on that when you're in it because it's all relevant to you because yeah, you're going well, through it. It's exactly like at my charity when you could say, well, this person's burnt all over their body and you're only burnt on your hand. Mm. It's kind of irrelevant, isn't it? You'll always find somebody who could say their situation is worse. Yeah. Um, but does that even really exist, you mm. know? So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. But I suppose, really, there's more comparison now. I've got the second child, because I think when I had Belle, that was 2014, and social media wasn't as rife with that kind of comparison. And I think it's slowly changed, you know, four years on. I think it's a different space. It feels like there's a community. And so yeah. I don't feel like you're ever really... Well, maybe you do feel alone, but you can express it, or you'll find someone else that's feeling the same way. Yeah. And I think knowing that other people feel the same way is part of accepting it. Yeah, and you can sometimes be an observer. You don't have to contribute. Like, there's mm. some people that I follow who I might never comment or contribute on, yeah. but I get so much from following and seeing their, their daily life. Mm. It's so true. Mm. So adding two, so to being a mum of two now, how yeah. is that? 
Well, he might as well just carry on, don't you? So they say, like, have two, have six, don't they? So, yeah, I mean, actually, I mean, I love it because it's it's really great because Belle loves being a big sister. And obviously, P is, you know, she can sit up. She's trying to stand up. Mm. You know, Belle just tried to pick her up on the neck and stuff like that. She's really, like, Belle's quite heavy-handed. She's yeah. a tomboy. But the, it's a beautiful relationship, and it really reminds me of me and my younger sister. It's the exact same age gap. And I was that bossy older sister. So I can really see that with Belle and P. So that's great. Oh, and how do you um, juggle the the mum guilt? Because oh. we were talking earlier. Uh, one of the ladies in the audience said about, you know, how do you do you feel mum guilt, and how do you go about getting rid of it or? battling through it yeah I do I mean it's hard I mean I go and see a therapist each week um, for lots of different reasons and sometimes those that kind of topic will come up my therapist is a mother too so that that kind of helps she's a working mother and sometimes I think you have to um, think about the guilt and who is it really for because basically your child needs to be stable have consistency and be happy and sometimes some of that guilt could be more about you like you know if if my husband and his mum go to Belle's school play and I miss it Belle's all right about that because mm. nanny's there and dad's there so if I'm guilty that's more about me and my my void and actually it's okay to miss the Christmas play if at the weekend we're doing Christmas art and crafts in the kitchen like that's fine for a four-year-old you know so you have to really dig deep and be selfless in that guilt and not make it ill-placed guilt and and everything in your life if you do it you do it with conviction mm. you don't do it and then kind of be a martyr about it and and if the guilt's that bad then that's a signal to change the situation mm. like I always feel like in my life I'm not forced to do any of it um and if it's really eating me up then I could change that situation you know I knew what I was going into yeah Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. What has surprised you most about motherhood? Um, how hard it is in that you are constantly questioning, am I, like, fucking the whole thing up here? You know? <laughs> like, it's really hard, isn't it? And you yeah. always... Because there is sort of no... You know, everything else you could look to, like, gurus and gods, and, and people might position themselves as that, but it's mm. all kind of an opinion. Um, and you don't want your children to grow up and resent you or hate you or question things. So you just kind of feel for it as you go along and, and you get that kind of instinct, I suppose. Mm. Um, but it depends how confident you are of trusting your instincts and how well that served you in, in the past. 
And I guess realising that there are times that you are going to make mistakes. Yeah, and and actually, it, that it is it. What's the definition of a mistake? Mm. It's like when you look at failures in your life. It's such a rich tapestry that a lot of those failures take you on to meet different people that you might not have been open to before. That take you on to new experiences that you might have shied away from. So, you know, sometimes it's kind of things come to test us to prepare us for the the bigger next step. I think. Mm. Having girls in today's world, you know, I think we were talking earlier about body confidence. Mm. How do you promote that with your girls? How do you like? I think for girls now, it's a very different landscape to when we were growing up. Yeah. And our, and for our mums, I mean, my mum's here tonight. She was always Mr. Motivator was on. We'd all be doing it as a family. It was fun. Yeah. Um, Wasn't he weird when you look back now? It was so yes. Seven a.m. in that Borat <laughs> costume, and it was just really normal, wasn't it? Like, no one questioned it. But you no didn't work out to him. Like, I remember it. But it's it was like, fun. Yeah. He made fitness fun. Yeah. Um, but I do think that women now—it's a very different landscape for women. Yeah. And um, and uh, yeah, are you? Do you think about how you're going to navigate your way through that in terms of like body confidence and things like that? Yeah. I mean, I'm always conscious of my messaging and language in the house, so I would never talk about like restricting food and mm. diets and that kind of thing and Belle I mean I I really underestimated how early on Belle would be asking me questions about um like what happened to me and my appearance mm. and you know that's been going on for like a year now really and you know now it's getting I mean it's some of it's some of it's like real classic comedy stuff really like she said to me the other day you know why why do you have like lumps under your eyes uh, and all kind of bumps and I said oh well it's a skin graft and she's like well, what's that and I said you know that's when when I got burnt and she understands about um the oven burning her and candles yeah. burning her and she's like why do you stick your head in the oven so much <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, I didn't actually stick my head in the oven. And, you know, you know I said, remember, I told you before I, I got burnt when I was really young, before you were alive. Mm. And then we always have to say, she always has the same conversation with me. Does it still hurt? Did it hurt then? And then we talk about Dr. McStuffin. She loves Dr. McStuffin. So I say, you know, like Dr. McStuffin, I saw doctors. It did hurt then, but it doesn't now and it's okay. And then I tell her, you know, I say, a man uh, hurt me on purpose when I was young, but the man's gone away now. Mm. And then it proves on to, um, what's his name? And right. I, I always said, oh, I, I can't remember anymore. Yeah. Um, and then the next night, we'd be reading the story. She'd say, mummy. I said, yeah, she, have you remembered the name of that man that, that, that hurt you? And I was like, no. She went, you don't think it was grandpa, do you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. And then she's like, what about Grammy? That's my mum. Yeah. I'm like, no, definitely not Grammy. Yeah. Um, and then it would go away for a few weeks few months and then she'll ask again about maybe my hand or something like that um but it doesn't sort of go beyond that yeah. as a conversation is it something you've had to prepare for yes and no because really like all around the house there's photos of me at all different stages in my life in my plastic mask mm -hmm. my books are there yeah you know, people come up to me on the street and she's grown up with that. Mm. So it's, it's not like a big reveal moment. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and she's asked me, um, I have to wear like tubing in my nose. And she'll say, um, you know, where are my tubes? Why haven't I got tubes? And I'll say, well, you know, because you don't have a burn injury. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's always been an open thing. Um, and sometimes it's a difficult thing because some people, um, I guess people who have had what I'd call the invisible scars, so they might have had an abusive past, that may not, you know, show on their face or body will come up to me in the street and they'll be a bit overwhelmed and they'll launch into a story about being raped right. and I'll be with Belle and yeah. I have to say, look, I'm really sorry. 
but it's probably better you email me for the charity. I can't have this conversation right now. And you know, some people are like, and I'm mm. like, seriously, you have to stop. And then they'll be like, what were they? What were they talking about? And then that's when I have to say, oh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know them, and kind of cut that kind of conversation. So I guess it's that thing because you want to protect her. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. just and and have that conversation at a level that's comfortable for her yeah and I guess you it is a conversation that you probably will have to keep having yeah as she grows up and it can understand different on different levels yeah and it's funny what they do and don't notice because when I had P um they were doing a project at school about caring for one another and they asked me to come into the class with the baby and talk about caring for a baby mm. and I sat there at the front and all the kids put their hands up and no one asked me a question on my appearance at all really so they didn't notice and Belle um is mixed race and she she's quite dark skinned she's got afro hair she hasn't even noticed that yet um, and she draws herself as um, pink she draws me as green you know <laughs> so that's not come up at all my yeah. bloody wrinkly eyes have you know <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> but it's funny isn't it it's that it's that innocence so yeah yeah so I, I'll never push it or raise it but I'll always respond and answer as honestly yeah. you know as, as I can because I guess you don't want it to it becomes something that you don't want to look that they don't even ask about and it's not spoken about it's there and you're yeah. open to that conversation as and when yeah i can't imagine it's going to be a big thing growing up because if if it's always the way it's yeah. been then that's kind of it really isn't it yeah so i mean she had there's pictures around the house of other documentaries i've worked on where people have genetic disorders mm -hmm. um and they have different facial disfigurements and she kind of asked me about that and i was trying to explain to her people are born differently and then i said oh you know there's you know, there's different things about mummy and she was like what like your tummy's big and pee's not in there anymore <laughs> <laughs> now being body shamed great you know and then, but, but then i guess it leads to conversations but just not conversations that i really thought you'd have it for yeah I thought like primary like seven eight but then maybe I've underestimated how different the world is now yeah you know yeah everything I, th I, f I do feel like there's an understanding and, and there's an acceptance especially with children mm. like they just take everything at face value that is yeah. what it is yeah but some sad things like you know because she's got afro hair she said to me the other week she said I've got the worst hair in the class and I said, said who? And they did this charity day. They did Crazy Hair Day where everyone, you know, with the hair chalk, spray painted mm. their hair and took a pound in. And she said, well, oh, so-and-so said, I've got Crazy Hair Day every day. And I, and I was like, no, not at all. And I said, look, mummy, every day for work, pay someone to get a wand and curl her <laughs> hair. I was like, your hair is beautiful and, it, and it's part of who you are. And you're just the only person in the owls, she's in the owls group. So mm. you're the only person in the owls group with curly hair, but there's lots of other children with curly hair, Afro hair, in your year group and then and then she was fine about it you know it was okay but that's lovely though it's it's teaching her that beauty is so much more than you know yeah it, it's it runs all through you yeah and it's so funny because in my work you know I'm used to kind of talking about that messaging giving advice mm. writing self-help books but when my own child came to me with that I wanted to go into owls and throttle the child <laughs> you know it's just like forget the self-help books you know it's <laughs> so bad but it's just like you know it's completely it's just a different experience when your child looks at you with their, their big innocent eyes you know uh, do you worry about them <laughs> Yes and no, because I know, you know, it's a it's a big wide world out there. We have to go and experience life for ourselves. And actually to try and prevent that is doing our children a disservice. And I, I kind of want to empower her and, yeah. and watch her fly. And I think that's going to be rewarding, you know, and watch her do some of the things that I didn't do or didn't get to do. And I, and I think, you know, I'll, I'll take great joy in that. That's really lovely.
One thing that has come up today is is that body confidence thing. Mm -hmm. And I know that actually you, you've you taken your sort of fitness seriously yeah. after having babies. We actually I did share a personal trainer at one point. Big up to PMAC. Oh, yeah. Are uh, you still doing it? He's crazy. I mean, he's it? not been over for a year. Yeah. I mean, actually, he it's did hard. message me a couple of months ago saying, when am I coming over? Oh. I'm like, it's been four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they don't understand. You could, you could say, right, I'm going to commit to this. And then you could have a terrible night with the baby. Yeah. And you just can't put yourself under that pressure, you know? No. Um, but it is something that you 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 do take seriously. Yeah, I mean, exercise has been a big part of my life, on and off, for you know, because there were times when I physically couldn't because of medical reasons, and that made me embrace it more when I could, because there were times when I really wanted to, mm. and I suppose society would have labelled me as disabled. So when I feel able-bodied, I want to embrace it. You know, I love weights, boxing, running, and it makes me feel free, and it makes me feel in control. Um, you know, it's helped me through some really dark times and, yeah. you know, t touching on loneliness when I experienced loneliness uh, before becoming a mum, joining like running clubs and running groups or something that really helped me. Mm. Are there things that you do now that's that's for you? You know, away from being a mum. I get no a cab. Time. I get a cab and I'm like, I'm in an Addison Lee alone. I'm like, God, this is brilliant. <laughs> Take the long way. Get stuck That's in traffic. Like. <laughs> I literally had to do this thing once for... Um, this thing on a rain where it was called Take Five and it's all the things that different people do. And I asked my friends, what do you do that's for you? And literally, the answer that came up most was have an extra long shower yeah. or pretend there was traffic on the way to the, to the shop. Yeah, and those so are two true. things. Yeah, because it's difficult. Because when you, like for us now, my husband's really um, into exercise in the gym. So we try and do a trade-off where it's like, like, you go for 40 minutes, I'll do bedtime. And then when you get back, you read the story, then I'll go for 40 minutes. So you have to be really respectful of one another's yeah. kind of so you can't just like get talking to people at the water fountain start you know taking selfies of yourself in the mirror <laughs> you like, get in do your cardio do your weights and just leave you know yeah. so that you don't kind of tread on each other's toes and you know it, it, it's difficult but it's just I suppose like being a mum is kind of for me being like heavy, heavily organized diarized and just like my time is my most precious currency mm. and obviously with the kids growing up so quickly once that time's gone you know I'm never going to get that back is organization a massive thing oh it's so and that's why I suppose the, the spontaneity for us it has I don't want to say gone but it's probably like temporarily on hold but we're best friends so mm. I think that's okay for yeah. now. <laughs> I, I think that he's probably listening he's like it's not okay <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it has but I don't know I mean I'm a bit of like a, I, I take joy in being in control so you know like on my days off I declutter the house I label things I prep food and I freeze it and <laughs> I sound like great fun don't I? <laughs> you sound like me <laughs> but it helps me gain a sense of control and relieve anxiety mm. and it might be slightly placebo it might not be real I might not have any more control than the next person but I feel like I do and that and that's what helps me but I, I also feel like that was organization it makes the other situations calmer. Yeah, it so does. every like today before I even left to come here. So at three o'clock I was getting clothes ready for tomorrow morning. Yeah. So that everything's lined up. I'm with you. Yeah, I think that's a really good feeling and it makes you less flappy. Mm -hmm. And then when you get home and they're like, Can you play Sylvanian families with me? You think, yeah, I can sit here for an hour on the carpet playing these games because everything's done yeah. and it's fine, you know. But not everything isn't always done, is it? That's the thing. No. You think that and there's always stuff and you're always forgetting things but I don't know I suppose in the end the older you get and the more family life progresses you surround yourself with people in the same situations who just kind of get that mm. uh, and maybe that's what the the community of sort of mummy bloggers and people have done for people it's made it that familiar ground and you don't feel 
as isolated. Yeah, it is that. It's, it's really something. You're, you're not alone in those feelings of loneliness or, yeah. you know, anything that you're experiencing. There is someone else out there. Well, when you messaged me saying you were trekking, I was just like, <laughs> she's going to go to Kilimanjaro. Her boobs will probably still be leaking. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, and it just, you know, and every time I see your story and you're working, but you're in your pyjamas, mm. and it's like, yeah, that this is normal. This is yeah. normal. It's okay. I feel like sharing online kind of makes me go, ah, this is me. Yeah. Like, it's nothing it's a worse. Relief. Yeah, because yeah. I don't want to put something out there that's not me. Yeah. And then when I meet people, they're like, oh. Yeah, because then you're like a letdown, aren't you? Yeah. You know, it's true. You like, let you know. them down straight away. Yeah. And then anything else is, is a bonus. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's like going on a first date and like really bigging yourself up and then you can't deliver the goods. Yeah. You know, it's just like... I always yeah. think it's like a wonder bra. You know yeah, what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like the, all the gel ones that you used yeah. to get when we were like 16. <laughs> and then you take it off and it boom. just flops. Yeah. Yeah. There was a thing, you know, uh, there's an account that always posts the affirmations on the tube. You know, they put right. all the positive quotes. And the one yesterday on the underground was, um, stop photoshopping yourself, because if you go missing, and actually in reality you look like a potato, we won't be able to find you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, do you know what? It's so, it is so true, isn't it? It is, and it is. I think, you know, now there is this like refreshing wave of people that just kind of show how it all is and if it is a bit of a shit storm at home and you see it it's for other people it, it, it is it is good you know mm. so it's so much better i think in that way i think so i like to think so mm. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes yeah. sometimes how has your relationship changed has it changed with richie yeah i mean i suppose we've both grown as people and changed and been through different changes in our lives and yeah we re we really are best friends and i'm really proud of him like he's such a good father he doesn't have an ego he's a really modern man you know yeah. he um does all the roles in the house 50 50 that a, a woman would do and it could i do some of the roles that a man would do mm -hmm. and that's fine like yeah. he's, he's not insecure and i think that's hard to find you know because yeah. society will wrongly sometimes make a man feel embarrassed about that and it, it might not be talked about as much but he's really proud of his role as a mm. dad and as a result they absolutely adore him so mm. yeah and I, I know it's like a bit cliche but seeing what a great father he is it just makes me love him more you mm. know and I feel so happy that you know he's their dad like it's just it's amazing it's a, it's a really funny situation, is it? Because you don't know what they're going to be like no, in that role at all. it could be all. shit, couldn't they? Yeah. Well, you like, don't know what yourself you is going to be like. You don't know what you're going to be no. like, so... And it's obviously like you you know what your values are and you and obviously you have those conversations, but that, that can all completely change. Mm. When the ch and you don't know what sort of children you're going to have and yep. what, what issues you're going to face. Um, and Rich has had to go through stuff with me. Like, I always kind of compare it to, like, he's done everything backwards, where I've had, like... Um, Med a medical journey before the children with him that maybe you'd have when you're both in your 70s mm. and had to support me and you know it's not necessarily been like dating a young young girl at, at certain points and he's been quite understanding and tolerant of that and then he's had to, in my career he's kind of had to share me with yeah. lots of other people as well which and he doesn't work in that world and he's just not really interested in that world like he doesn't even follow me on twitter like <laughs> what i know and now it's like how does he know what you're up to he doesn't care. <laughs> and, and like, I was like, don't follow me now because I've been talking like seven years and it'll be like an okay, you know, it'll come up on my feed and then okay mag would be like, oh, screen grab it. It'd be like seven years on, he followed her. Oh, they'll think that yeah. he unfollowed you for yeah, some exactly. reason. Yeah, exactly. Like, proper shade, you. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, like he has lots of different things to battle with as long, you know, alongside the normal, mm. the normal stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm really fortunate um, to have him. Do you think motherhood has changed you? 
Yeah, it has. And how could it not? I think it changes all of us, doesn't it? And we, we learn lots about ourselves. And, mm. you know, I suppose it's taught me to try and slow down a bit and savour those moments and, you know, just, just relax into it. But I think I'm more relaxed the second time around. There is that, isn't there? Yeah. And that, that first time, it's like, wow. And then second time around, it's like, okay, I've done it before. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. That confidence. Yeah. But she's a chilled baby, so mm. I, I hope that's a reflection of how how we are with her. Yeah. But it's that thing as well, like people say, but I don't understand, they're so different, they're in the same environment, but they, they never will be because the first one was on their own, they had you completely. Yeah. And the second one comes along and they've That's got to the share thing. you. And, and like, we're different. Me, me and my siblings, all three of us, we are completely different. Mm. Um, and I think my girls will be like that. Um, you know, Belle, because we thought we weren't going to have kids, you know, she was on this pedestal for eight, you know, she had every single personalised thing, personalised duvet, <laughs> personalised hair clip. Well, you know, Belle's getting it. No, yeah, now he's got it personalised with Belle, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and she just had absolutely everything. And, you know, poor old P, she's just kind of existing. And, yeah. And, and then Belle's, like, wanting to go in the baby sling. So, like, Rich is carrying this, like, five-year-old on his back in a, in a baby sling. And that's just, like, the neighbours must be like, God, what are they doing? Are they Things that you're doing like that as a parent that you thought I would never do that. Oh, I do silly things. Just I, and it comes from the working mum guilt because mm -hmm. when, when I'm not there, I feel bad. So when I'm there, I am the pushover. Um, so for Halloween, we went to a farm and we went on this like pumpkin trail through this like it's all like crops in the field, right? So I take a buggy, right? Idiot, <laughs> should have ta taken the sling. But Belle wanted to go in the buggy, and I, I have a buggy range, right? So I, I asked the company send me a double buggy, and because yeah. it's a gifted thing, I probably wouldn't have bought a double buggy mm -hmm. for a child that's nearly five foot one, <laughs> you know, just like. <laughs> Because my husband's really tall, so like Belle's like kind of like you know armpit height already. Yeah. So here I am walking around a crop field with this freebie buggy <laughs> with this child whose legs are dragging on the floor. <laughs> then this other like tiny child in the other side. I you know other people like, oh my god, slummy mummy. Like about that kid can't even walk. You know, <laughs> probably like trolling me on Twitter. And we're just like going through this like crop field looking for these clues. And you know, she just wanted to do that because mm. she wanted. And then she, we play a game where she pretends to be like a baby, and she's like, Mum, pretend to pass me a dummy. And it's stupid, but like those are the kind of things I kind of live for and love. Yeah. You know, you can't buy those things. You can't create those things. They just like the imaginative play is the stuff that I really love, love doing with her. I love that. I always feel like you, you understand them a bit more through their imaginative play. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like an, an, an insight into their world. Yeah, it's really, it's really sweet. And you see how emotionally intelligent they are. And mm. my daughter's become obsessed with pretending to be Graziano from Strictly. Um, <laughs> so he always opens his shirt. So, so she's like, she like rips off her school shirt. And it's like, but then has like a vest underneath. Like, yeah. And then we had the question of like, why can the men get their boobs out? And why can't the women? I'm like, well, you should start <laughs> blogging about this. You know? um, so yeah, it's all nipples and that kind of chat. So, yeah. <laughs> so all I'm getting at the moment is literally poo and boobies. Yeah. And willies. Yeah. And, and also, do they get intrigued by the breastfeeding? She was really obsessed yeah. with that. Yeah. yeah. Did she? Because my my daughter was like, well, why why can't I breastfeed? You know. And then it was just like, look, you are so highbrow for all your like debates. <laughs> just stop debating in there, okay? Like, <laughs> write them down, and in ten years' time, fly. <laughs> no, they, they are obsessed with my boobs at the moment, actually. Yeah. Although not as bad. When when Buddy was born, I'd literally be feeding out, and Buzz would be. Yeah. And whenever yeah. we were out and about, and it's like, okay. Because then it's hard about the conversation of privacy. So then when we're out in public, yeah. she'll try and lift up like my top, my mum's top, and I say, you can't do that, it's private. Mm. It's like, no, it's not, because you were you had your boobs out and, and you were doing that. And it's like, 
Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, no, no comment, no questions, okay? <laughs> <laughs> What's been your biggest surprise about becoming a mum? Gosh, that's a tough one, isn't it? I suppose that you, you know, you never stop worrying and, you know, you can sort of, again, like you can, I feel like, you know, that's my area of coaching other people not to let anxiety manifest because essentially, you know, when we have anxiety, we 90% of the time are worrying about the things that never happen whilst the things that are that go and happen in the background, we're not even thinking of those mm. things. The real life big things that happened to us we never manifested those or worried about them um but you do you do worry about your children and you have to learn to let go and you have to learn to accept and you know that's one of the things I've talked about in therapy is actually they are going to get hurt and things are going to happen to them and I have to stand back because if I don't I might do kind of further damage yeah so and that's a that's a big big thing to sort mm. of say out loud and 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 accept so but I think it's important to be said and heard because yeah. you you talk so much about confidence and you know it's a massive part of who you are and how, how much you give to other people and actually sometimes learning of other people's vulnerability uh, is just as important yeah I think so it really is and, and I think that's kind of the, the key to it and I suppose what's happening now in society is we're having you know, like, like events like this, we're having open conversations and people are, are responding to it. And there are lots of movements mm. that are becoming bigger than the resistance and bigger than the more sort of outdated views. And they are breaking down taboos. And I think things are changing. So I suppose you can hold on to that hope that things could be different for our children. And that, that's quite an exciting prospect. You know, yeah. that, that fills you with excitement and, and it cancels out some of the other dread and the things that I worry about. Mm. We've actually come to the end. Oh, gosh. So really? I'm going to ask you, you've got to finish these three sentences. This okay. is how every podcast finishes. Being a mum means... Being a mum means everything to me because I always thought I wouldn't be one of those people that sort of define me, but it does, and I'm proud of that, and I, and I, and I love that. You know, it's the, the best job that I've ever, ever had. And I never knew if I'd be good enough to do it, but now mm. I realise there's no such thing. Since being a mum, I haven't slept. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And then when they do go to sleep, I go on Instagram. <laughs> and I'm like, what's wrong with you? And it's like, I can't accept now just going to sleep for solid, like, eight hours, you know? <laughs> I'm just so used to that broken sleep. And then I'm like, you know, I start on a page of someone I know in real life, and then I go on to their friend I've never met, and then I'm, then I'm on, like, their nan's cat's page. They set up in Newcastle. It's so bad. And then I'm so tired that I hit a like, and it's like, oh, no! <laughs> They know yeah, they know. It's like 140 <laughs> weeks ago as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really embarrassing. 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I'm happy when. I'm happy when I'm at home with the doors closed in my genuine private life with them. Wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you so much. You've been an amazing guest. Thank, Thank you. you. Hey. So we've come to the end. I just want to say a massive thank you to Fabulous Magazine and to Vitabiotics. Give them a cheer! Um, and obviously to you guys, because this, uh, this night wouldn't have happened without you. So who knows? There might be some more dates next year. Who knows? Thank you! Bye!
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.